What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Hi, everyone. It's Kira and Dina here with a spin cycle today. And so we're going to answer a listener question. And we love when you guys do this. So if you end up listening to an episode and it sparks a question or you just have something you wish we had addressed that we haven't yet, please reach out to us. Even though we at Raising Adults are all about trying to plan and be prepared, we like when a random question comes in because then we can address it. And who knows, for every question that somebody was brave enough to ask, I'm sure there were a lot of other parents with that same question. So please do that. And if you have those, you can find us at info at futurefocusedparenting.com. And we do have one today. So today on Raising Adults, we get to hear a question from Julie. Will you read the question for us, Kira, and then we'll jump in? I sure will. Okay. So Julie says, um, I have a son who for the most part is a very good listener, but when he's not, I struggle to find appropriate consequences. I believe in natural consequences, but sometimes I struggle to identify one, and I was hoping to hear your take on that. Also, I sometimes worry I'm overdoing it with the punishment, and I'm trying to figure out how to establish fair ground rules that are age-appropriate. Great, great question from mm-hmm. Julie. Um, so what do you think, Dina? Well, I think one of the First things is whenever we can remove the battle, we always advocate that. So let life be your child's teacher. And so when possible, and it sounds like she's already doing this, which is wonderful, you let the natural consequences fall. So if they choose not to bring a jacket, wow, it's sad that you're cold today, but you chose not to bring a jacket. Maybe you'll do something different next time. Or they don't get ready in time and don't have shoes on. Those tootsies are going to be cold. Things like that, where you can let life be the teacher. And the good news is, you know, she has a five-year-old, but this can happen really well even later on. So if you don't keep your phone charged and it's your alarm clock, wow, when you can't get up in time and now you're late for school, that's a bummer. So I would say one of the first things, and again, to reiterate, It does sound like this is where she's already leaning, but look for, is there a way life can do it instead of me so we're not fighting or having a battle of the wills? Anytime you can do that, that's preferable. And then I would say where it's not as obvious, that's when you find what matters to your kiddo. What are the things that are important to them or that they really enjoy that you might be able to limit or even eliminate for a time as a loss of privilege and let that be your consequence? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that You know, sometimes life will dole out the natural consequence. Sometimes I find I have to dole out the quote unquote natural consequence. Mm -hmm. Like a great example is um, I think I talked about this on an episode, but there was a time when one of my kiddos was being destructive with their things. And so they lost their things and that life wouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. I had to sort of say, you know, the natural consequence of you not valuing and treating your things carefully is that you don't get to have those things for a little while. Right. but I love that she touched on, because you hear this all the time, and it's something you and I are just driven crazy by other parenting philosophies and books out there that are all theory and not tangible. And I think this is a great example of there's all this stuff out there about natural consequences, mm-hmm. but what no one's talking about is, well, what do you do if there isn't one? Because yes. sometimes there just sometimes isn't. There isn't. Like something a great, that matches my favorite exactly. example is hitting. Yes. Like if one kid hits the other, the natural consequence is that I smack them. No, that's not what I want to do. So, 
at that point, we're moving into, you use this great word, currency. Like, mm-hmm. what's your kid's currency? So for mine, it's television. So taking away a, t- a TV privilege is like the be-all, end-all. And they will do pretty much anything to avoid it. Mm-hmm. So if I have to give a consequence that isn't natural, I'll usually say, I'm so sorry, but you're not going to get your show privilege today. You know, and you touched on something else that's great when you said you have to sometimes dole out the natural consequence. I think with younger children, it also might mean that sometimes you as a parent have to explain the consequence life gave them because they might not make that connection. So even though it was truly a natural consequence, they might need a little explanation around that. Oh, you're feeling chilly? Well, it's because you didn't bring your jacket. When I gave you that option this morning, you chose no, even though I suggested it based on the weather. So that's what happens when we choose things like that. So they might need to understand how to connect that choice with what comes with it. And I do think they need a little guidance on that. So when you say dole out, you might have to actually pick the consequence like with removing the toys, Mm -hmm. right? But it also could take the form of explaining the natural consequence just so they get to see what that's about. I love that you said that. Thank you for saying that because that's that's so important, that little piece. Because if they don't put those two pieces together, then actually you've missed the opportunity for them to realize they've had a consequence. And it's so easy for kids to put that on you, especially their moms, I feel like, you know, like, you did this. It's like, actually, you did this, you know, and and just that just that gentle reminder of I gave you these choices, you made your choice, Mm -hmm. especially for kids that are like, they know their own mind, and they're really clear on their choices. That's okay, you made Mm -hmm. that choice. But let me help you understand the fallout of that. Yeah, because you're right, sometimes the blame can get shifted or well then you should have still brought my coat Mm. you know I? (laughs) i gave you the option and this is what you picked so i think this is so great too because it's a foundation of a life lesson Mm -hmm. that goes all the way through where understanding that when you choose something you choose the consequences that come with it so you don't get to just choose something in isolation there's things that come with those choices and that is the foundation or the building block of starting to understand that choices have gravity Absolutely. Good and bad, right? It's, it's what you, you say all the time that I'm saying yes to this, but then I'm also saying yes to this and I'm saying no to that. Right. So if I'm saying yes to choosing to not take my coat, then I'm also saying yes to being cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you did around this, but I, I tried to give sort of at least one, depending on the age, at least one kind of like I'll, I'll come in and save you. So, you know, oh, I don't want my coat. I would have the coat in the back seat once. Be like, oh, I, you're cold. Yeah, that's probably because you didn't, you know, especially when they were like three, four years old. Like, okay, I'm going to have the coat this time, but next time I'm not. And then I wouldn't the next time. I would always follow that through. Um, what did you do about I'm that? I'm just grateful you said this. The reason I'm grinning from ear to ear, which our listeners can't see, is this happened just today. What? So, yes. <laughs> with and a teenager? With a 15-year-old, <laughs> I had to give a grace pass. So we have a... a just a policy. It's not a rule because he's very close to no rules. But a policy that you get three wake-ups per trimester if you oversleep your alarm and then that next time I'll just leave you. I got to go. I got things to do. I might be recording that day or I have to go to work. And wow, that's a bummer. You're going to have some makeup schoolwork. And he doesn't drive yet, so he can't save the day for himself. Mm. So he's only had one so far. And then last night, he said, my phone is almost dead, but I really like to fall asleep with music. Will you wake me tomorrow? And I was half asleep. So I just said yes. But then this morning, I said, so I'm curious if you think that wake up should count today. Because that was a choice you made knowing where your phone was at, you chose I'll put in my headphones rather than charge it. Mm -hmm. And which by the way, 
I can't express the irritation with that new thing where the charging cable is the same port as the... Oh, yeah. I can't. Me so I, I understand there is some frustration there with that new situation. But it was interesting. He thought he should get a freebie. And I really thought that because it was his choice, oh, totally. he looked at it and was like, my phone might die in the night because I'm choosing to listen to music. And I'm still saying, mom, will you just come stand in the gap? But he wasn't really seeing that. And we kind of talked through it. And so I did end up, I said, I'm going to give you grace on this one because we didn't talk in advance about what our policy would be mm -hmm. if you choose something and ask for a wake up. Mm -hmm. But my concern is if every time you know that that doesn't count, you'll ask me for this kind of help all the time. So today it's not going to count. But in the future, if you make a choice that requires you to ask me to wake you, it's going to count against your three for the trimester. So it's just interesting that you said that just well, today. But I love, here's what I love about that. And, and it, you know, look, it, it's it's tough, I think, when you see – I see myself as a strict parent. I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh, for sure. Okay. So it's really tough when you see yourself as a strict parent to – how do I want to say this? I think when you're seen by the outside world as a strict parent, not everyone gets to see what's happening within the context of that. And what you said is exactly what's happening, I think, for a lot of us, myself included. Things come up all the time where I'm like, wow, you didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that you didn't know that. And I'm not going to punish you for that. That is not your responsibility. But what happens now is we have to have a conversation, set a policy, and then moving forward, it yeah. is your responsibility. And to me, that takes the sting out of being quote unquote strict. It's not like you're, you know, a dictator and it's not like it's my way or the highway. And I do think that a lot of strict parents go too far in that I direction. Do. We talk about those extremes all the time. To me, it's the strong boundaries, but room for my mistakes, their mistakes, us just stumbling onto life, giving us something we haven't talked about mm -hmm. before and having some patience and grace within that to go, OK, this is no one's fault. But what do we do moving forward? And that, to me, is the difference. It's like that that isn't strict. I don't even love that word mm -hmm. because I don't think that's what we're doing. But I think you can be perceived that way from the I outside world. So moving into the second part of Julie's question in terms of what's the appropriate amount of discipline, I think that having that mindset is really important. That it's like if this is something that we've discussed that's a rule in our family or a value in our family and your child's going against that, we have to discipline. We mm -hmm. have to say, hey, that's not okay. This is going against the foundation that we've set up that you know about. But when stuff happens that is unforeseen, then you don't have to be disciplinarian in those moments. You're allowed to sort of have that dialogue as long as you're clear next time, mm -hmm. I will be. I agree because there, there isn't a reason they should be penalized for something that hasn't been created yet. And I think it it also prevents from going too far into where it's just super legalistic, because if I was going to be technically legalistic and by the book, anytime I wake him, whether it's asked for or not, whatever, it would count instead of saying, wow, this exact scenario really hasn't happened before. We got to talk about it. And so I love that Julie asked about that because her question about whether whether she's going overboard, how to know kind of when, that's such a good distinction you're making about when it's worth intervening. And we've talked about that before. If it's an actual moral inventory type of thing or it's going to butt up against your family values and they're actually going against something that you've said as a family, this is important to us, then of course you intervene. But on other things or where you haven't created a policy yet, or maybe it's something that's truly amoral or a preference, or they're doing something that's frustrating you, but it's not wrong. I think that's a hard one too, right? Where we have to look at it in a moment, especially with younger ones. Are they actually being defiant or are they just being a kid? 
And that can be a hard one, too. And I think it's really can be tempting to step in too much to discipline for just being a kid. And so we have to watch for that line, too. Yeah, I love that you said that because this crossed my mind the other day. I think I'm sometimes surprised when I see parents who are it's like they're angry with their kids for being kids. Mm -hmm. And I think when we choose to have kids, we're choosing to have kids and kids are annoying and loud loud, and they make bad choices because they don't know their bad choices. Yes. And sometimes they make bad choices, even though they do know it's bad choices. And so like in terms of having reasonable expectations, they're going to do these things. And I say that to my kids all the time, like, yeah, you you messed that up. That's OK. That's what mm -hmm. you're, you're supposed to do that. That's how you learn in your adulthood not to do that again. Like, I'm not upset with you for messing up, but I also have to make sure that you learn something from it. And so I'm going to take TV away today or, or you know, whatever Absolutely. it is, that it's not from like, I'm angry with you for being a child. Mm -hmm. It's my job is to teach you. This is part of how I do that. Yes. And so it's really challenging, though, to not intervene sometimes just when we're frustrated. So I think also parents have a job here to check themselves. And a, this is also a great opportunity. Just one more thing I'll mention. I think it's a great opportunity to talk context because you might be feeling really frustrated that your child is being loud and raucous, but you're realizing we're at home and they're not bothering anybody else. But it could give you a great chance, maybe even later at dinner. Hey, it was so fun watching you play and be so crazy this afternoon. Just a reminder, we don't do that at church or at school or whatever. You might be able to have a conversation about there's a time and a place for that kind. And I'm so glad that home is a safe place for you to do that. Just a reminder that that kind of yelling and shouting, we'd really want to save for home and not somewhere else. So I, I love that it also not only has the parent check in and make sure they're not just giving in to frustration, but can lead to a learning opportunity for the child. Yeah, I think there's questions one can ask themselves in that situation, right? Is my kid breaking a family value or a rule that we've put in place that's important to us? And then is my kid being a kid? Yes. Now, that doesn't mean that, oh, well, they're being a kid, so I so don't have fine. to do it. Yeah, but do I then need to come at this like, I think for me, there's a really big difference between you You deliberately disobeyed me makes me frustrated, right? And I'm going to have bigger feelings about that than you made a bad choice, kids make bad choices, and now we're going to talk about that. So asking yourself, you know, is my kid just being a kid? How does that then shape how you handle it? Yes. Okay. I love that you talked about asking yourself questions. Can I add one more Please. to the list? Oh, my gosh. It's worth asking do I think my child's making this decision out of ignorance or mm. out of defiance? Great question. Do they not know the rule or they know it and are really breaking it on purpose? Such an important distinction to make because one leads to a conversation to help them know that's a teaching moment versus a discipline moment if they're rebelling. I love you. Will you be my mom? <laughs> I love you, too. Oh, <laughs> yay. Well, Julie, I hope that was helpful. And other people listening, I hope that helps you, too. Don't forget, as Dina said, you can write in anytime, info at futurefocusedparenting.com. And if you have any sticky situations you want to work through with us on a, in a private one-on-one -on -one session, we love coaching. So don't hesitate to reach out for that, too. Raising Adults is produced by Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian and recorded in my laundry room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.